Hi, this is Laura Libera. I play Sienna in Terrifier 2, and you're listening to the Horror Squad podcast. Hello, welcome back to the Horror Squad podcast. This is episode number 251. Tonight we're talking about VHS 99, which is currently out on Shutter. I'm one of your co-hosts, Todd. We have Steve and Joe. We're all back in action after our Salem event. Thank you for allowing us to have a week break. It was a hectic week that we had, but we're happy to be back. Boys, what's going on? Hello. Feels great to be back. Thank you so much, everyone, for letting us take that week off of rest. We definitely all needed it uh, after a very, very busy October. But I am so excited to be back and talking horror again. Yeah, absolutely. And also, uh, our first episode since Halloween. So hope you guys had a good Halloween. Um, yeah, I'm definitely, well, I definitely need that time off for sure. Uh, just couldn't do it. But yeah, it's uh, it's nice to be back and talk some horror movies with you guys. And it's the first time that all three of us get back together since we all met up in Salem. So uh, Todd, actually, it's your first episode back since we came back. Uh, what was your thoughts on the event? Um. I mean, long story short, since I know you guys talked about it, I probably mirror a lot of what you guys said. Hectic, uh, crowded, um, but super fucking fun. You know, super fun. It was a very long couple days, but man, it was just like unreal. You know, meeting a lot of cool people, watching Hocus Pocus next to Omri, um, doing the, hosting the Q&A with you guys in front of the crowd, which is fucking amazing. Location scouts with Omri. And that was fun too, because you had a lot of people like... Uh, you see the wheels turning in their heads, looking at Omri like, "Is this the fucking guy from Hocus Pocus?" As they're at the locations for the for the movie that they like, they have the actor right next to them. They're like, a lot of people were like, "Is that?" You hear him whispering, "Is that? Is that the guy that played Max?" And like, no one was man enough or woman enough to say anything to him, and we're just like giggling. I'm glad it didn't happen because you know we'd have a lot of people want to get pictures, and we're on a little tight tight schedule there. But that was super fun. Hanging out with you guys is obviously amazing. That was the first time that's all happened. That was the highlight obviously hanging out with you guys it was cool that we had that sweet event that was like hugely successful for Omri he had a ton of people come out but highlight for me personally was hanging out with you guys pretty much non-stop for a couple of days and um yeah just amazing event lots of cool people and I can't wait for next year yeah it's kind of too bad though because even though we were all together like non-stop for those two days I feel we also barely got to actually like talk to each other and like really hang out so um, that's something that we look forward to when we go to Texas in May, because then we're actually going to have time to actually just like sit down and chat and not go, go, go. It seemed like we had no time to rest at all. It was just, it's crazy. It's just always something going on, but it was an amazing weekend for sure. Yep. And the Halloween came and went. A little disappointed in the Halloween turnout this year. I don't know if it's just my area, but we're used to like hundreds of kids running out of candy. And this time I was standing around for like, you know, 20 minutes at a time, just my little screen costume on my phone, looking at videos and no trick-or-treaters. So that was a bummer. Um, but still highlight for me, trick-or-treaters wise was <laughs> I had like, I told you guys, I had like this group of like four, 10 to 12 year olds come up to me and I had my Reagan animatronic. I turned it on and all that crap. And they're like, Oh, cool. Exorcist. I'm like, yeah. And like, have you seen the new Halloween? And we talked about it. And like, have you, did you watch Scream 5? I'm like, yeah. And then we were talking about the new Friday the 13th show. And I'm like, these freaking kids like 10 to 12 years old. And then this little girl was like, it's so nice to meet a new, uh, a fellow fan. I'm like, 
<laughs> what for this little kid but it was it was pretty cool they were like real fans and i i really enjoyed it so that was my highlight uh yeah my my halloween weekend was pretty good overall friday we went to uh the salem night market which is done by Blackville studio uh they're the guys matt murray and ryan murray uh, matt's the one that did all my horror tattoos so uh that was awesome like that was amazing it was done at pioneer village where is where they filmed the beginning of uh hocus pocus uh in the whole like thackeray Binks scenes and stuff so that was cool to see uh first time we'd actually ever been to pioneer village so that was kind of cool but they had like a lot of really creepy like characters and stuff like that if you follow us on our social media i i have uh, put some on our Instagram stories and stuff like that. So you might've seen some of the scenes from there. So that was really cool. And then Saturday we went to the big Halloween ball uh, at the Hawthorne hotel, which was amazing. We were skeletons this year. Um, if you follow me on my social media at Joe Sahara, you can see Sam and I's costumes on there, but I think they came out pretty awesome. I thought we looked really cool. There was some amazing costumes. This year's theme was kind of um, like these who have passed so i saw a lot of david bowie costumes and amy winehouses and stuff like that so that was kind of the theme um my favorite costume i saw though they were um for state fans of stay tuned there were people uh dressed as wayne and garth from the stay tuned like the zombie wayne and garth character which was amazing and then uh there was a really good uh seymour and uh audrey costume from little shop of horrors as well like the dude looked just like rick moranis it was very impressive um so that was uh, a really really good time and then sunday and monday we ended up just chilling we ended up not going out for halloween um sam and i were both feeling under the weather so we uh we just kind of chilled in watched horror movies we watched uh the strangers the original strangers which i forgot that movie's only an hour and 15 minutes long i i thought it was longer for some reason but Still holds up. Amazing movie. We watched uh, The Night of the Demons, the original. One of my all-time favorite. I have to watch that every like Halloween season. Hadn't watched it yet, so watched that one as well. And uh, I can't remember what else, but we definitely watched a couple other horror movies, but mainly all classics. So yeah, overall, good Halloween. How about you, Steve? Uh, I don't want to bum the podcast out, so let's just say my Halloween got canceled by circumstance. Uh, it was just, it was a rough day. The very quick note of it is my wife wasn't feeling well. We went to the doctor at noon on Halloween day and their doctor's like, you got to go to emergency like now. So we went to emergency and she got admitted at 7 a.m. the next day. <laughs> so that's how long we stayed there. So I just literally spent all of Halloween in the hospital and then the rest of the week was back and forth. So it was a weird moment where <clears throat> I went home to pick stuff up Halloween like evening, like right before trick-or-treating was about to start. And people know that I'm the Halloween guy, right? It's like my decorations are out and all that stuff. And I was actually bringing my decorations in before Halloween started. And then my neighbors are kind of looking at me like, what the hell's going on? You know, and that's, I guess that's, that's that. It happens, you know, it's just the way life is, but things are better now. So it's all good in the hood. Got to watch a lot of horror movies because I had really nothing else to do. And uh, yeah, so you guys want to get into what watch since I'm sure all of us got to watch a lot of horror movies lately. Yeah, was, all of us had plenty of time, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, here, I'll let you take a break, Steve, because I know you got the cough in you. Uh, Joe, do you have any? I do, yeah. Um, let me just pull them up. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, so... Uh, first one I have uh, tonight. I actually have a couple that we're probably going to be reviewing on the show, so I'll save those. But I did 
finally was able to watch Pearl, which I'm, I'll be very excited to talk about that once we uh, get into it. And I also watched Smile, which I know a lot of people have been kind of talking about, but I think we're going to be end up covering both of those. So I'll, I'll save my thoughts for those for later. All right. So first one I got tonight is a, I'd call it a horror adjacent type movie. And uh, this one is called Don't Worry, Darling, starring uh, Florence Pugh and also uh, Harry Styles. Uh, so this one, uh, I feel like probably the less you know about it going in, probably for the better. But uh, essentially, this one is about um, a housewife. Uh, it seems to take place sort of in like the 1950s, 1960-ish. She starts to realize that things in her perfect suburban life may not be exactly as they seem. And I'm just going to leave it at that because, like I said, I, I think the less you know going into this one, uh, the better. Overall, I, I did enjoy this one. Um, it was not what I was expecting. Um, it takes a turn, and you're either going to go with the twist or you're not. Me, I went with the twist. I, I, I definitely thought it was like an interesting twist, and I was definitely on board with it. I know a lot of people are not going to be on board with this twist, but I thought it was a pretty unique thing. Um, Florence Pugh far and away makes this movie. Like, she absolutely carries this entire movie. Her performance is absolutely fantastic, and um, every time she's on the screen, which luckily is like 90% of the movie, I was, you know, glued to it, and I, I never... I will say... I. I think they gave away the twist a little too early, but other than that, I think it's definitely worth a watch. Um, nothing, not like top 10 worthy, even if it was hard, I, I would call this more um, sort of like a black mirror ish type thing, like sci-fi ish uh, rather than horror. But yeah, overall pretty good. Not like top 10 worthy, but uh, definitely worth a watch. All right, my first one is 89's Phantom of the Mall, Eric's Revenge. This one's over on Tubi, and it's a Phantom of the Opera knockoff. I mean, Eric's Revenge, Eric from Phantom of the Opera, and so on. It's got Pauly Shore in it. I know that's uh, pretty polarizing. He plays a uh, ice cream salesman guy, and he, in this movie, is actually the voice of reason, which is kind of strange for Pauly Shore. But overall, uh, it's an 80s slasher set in a mall. You have, like, the typical bad boy who shoplifts. You have Pauly Shore, who's kind of the nerdy guy, but he's also the nice guy. You have the hot chick that goes to the mall to get a job. Oh, no, but her boyfriend died in a fire a couple years ago. Is this the phantom of the mall? Who knows? We'll see. But someone rescues her from an attempted carjacking. Is it her ex-boyfriend? The phantom of the... I don't know. They televise it like crazy. Overall, though, this movie sucks. Do not watch it. It's terrible. Not a lot of redeeming stuff in it, so I would skip it. That's Fan of the Mall, Eric's Revenge on Tubi. Yeah, it's weird because it's Pauly Shore before his weasel like persona. Yeah. So he, he actually talks in a normal voice. And it's, yeah. that's, it's like off putting to see him in a normal voice. He's normal. Like in that old, yeah, in that young age too. Yeah. So yeah, it's a, interesting for sure. Uh, my first one is a 2022 film that I watched over on VOD, and that's Old Man. So Old Man almost takes the character, uh, Stephen Lang, who you would know from Avatar and Don't Breathe. It's basically the same character as Don't Breathe, but he's not uh, blind. It's like the same voice and the same look and everything. So the story is about... I'm a uh, rapist! Yeah, basically. Like, it's basically the same character. Murderer! <laughs> uh, so the story all takes place in the confines of a really small cabin where this young guy gets lost in the woods... And he finds this random cabin while he's lost. 
and it turns out that the cabin is uh, owned by Stephen Lang's character. And the whole movie is about Stephen Lang trying to size up the guy as to why he's there, what his real intentions are. And it's really this like mental chess game between the two of is he there for nefarious reasons? And also at the same time, is Stephen Lang's character like going to kill him or do something crazy to him? Because he is somewhat welcoming into his cabin. Like he feeds him and he gives him like, you know, uh, drinks and everything like that. He even gives him his moonshine. But at the same time, he's telling stories that he poisoned people once and that he killed someone who came to his door one time. So it's really this uneasy tension for like an hour and a half of what's really going on here. Who's the bad guy? Who's the good guy? Are they both good guys? Are they both bad guys? And it's an interesting kind of just twists and turns of trying to figure out what's really going on. And it comes up to a surprising, I'd say, ending. Uh, however, it's boring. I mean, I'm not going to lie. It's a long, it feels like a long movie. It's not, it's probably only 90 minutes or so, but there's not much going on. It really just is these two characters talking and there are very few other characters that come into play and most of them are just do like dream sequences. So it's actually really just those two characters in that location. And like, I like Stephen Lang a lot, especially in Avatar. I think he's, he could be good, but with that voice and that like persona, it, it, it gets annoying after a while. Like an hour and a half of it is a little bit too long of that like grisly, you know, tired old man voice and stuff like that. So I wouldn't necessarily recommend it, but it's also not like the worst watch. So that's Old Man on VOD. Very nice. Uh, my last one tonight is 2022. I don't, did you guys talk about uh, this one yet? Run, sweetheart, run on the show. Not yet, but it's on my watch list. All right. Well, here we go. We can all talk about it now, I suppose. Yeah, Yeah, right. Well, I'll just have our do our mini review here now. Uh, This one is a uh, brand new release just released recently over on Amazon Prime. Uh, So this one is about a young girl who is working at a law firm when her her boss uh, basically accuses her of double booking a day uh, for one for his anniversary and the other one with an important client. He basically says to her, you know, can you take this one with my important client? It'll be a a nice, easy night for you. So she decides to take that. Uh, She goes on this, uh, you know, I guess guess you can call it, it turns into uh, what is a date night essentially um, where her and this guy, you know, kind of hit it off. Uh, They end up going back to his house for a drink at the end of the night where she apparently gets, violently attacked we don't see it per se but uh she, you know she comes out all bloodied and stuff and the rest of the movie is her essentially trying to escape uh the grasp of this guy who seemingly appears everywhere a la a jason Voorhees type um but i think i'm gonna leave it at that because it does take an interesting uh bit of a twist where uh I, the less you know about this character probably the better and I'll leave it at that. Uh, overall, I really was enjoying where this movie was going. I thought the first half was fantastic. And then it just took a nosedive in the second half for me. I thought it got super uh, goofy when it gets to the quote-unquote first lady moment of the movie where she goes and visits her. After that, I, I really lost it um, with this movie. I still think it's like a decent enough one-time watch for sure, but... I was left a little frustrated because I, I really think it was heading in the right direction. And then it just went 
kind of off the rails uh, in a lot of ways. I do think the, the lead actress was fantastic though. And I also think the, uh, the guy who played the villain was pretty good. I wish we saw more of him in his actual form, but um, other than that, yeah, a, a decent one-time watch, but nothing I don't think I would ever watch again. Yeah, you know, I agree with that 100%. Um, I think my rating on Letterboxd is one star less than you and Steve's. But, uh, well, there's a lot to like, man. I like the lead characters, like you said. The guy is very menacing. Uh, the way he, he has this look about him. The girl's sweet and um, innocent, but she also tries really hard to be a survivor. So I appreciate that, too. She's well played. But then, yeah, it beats you over the head with the... Uh, with the whole uh, menstrual cycle thing and, you know, um, like guys suck thing. And I, God, I cannot stand that one character. The, what was it? First lady. Is that what you, is that what she's called? That actress. I just, her delivery of stuff. It, it was really grating to me. Um, and then it like, man, went off the fucking rails. It like took a swan dive at the end there. I was like, what the fuck is happening now? So it starts off very strong, very well acted, cool premise. Um, and it's risky too to break the fourth wall in movies, but I think this one did it pretty cleverly. I'm like, oh shit! Like the first time he, he does it, I'm like, oh, what's gonna happen? Then it gets pretty brutal. I'm like, all right, I'm into this. But yeah, it's, it's gets sloppy. Turn it, it gets very sloppy at the end there. So that's a one one and done for me. Yeah, and I agree with both of you. Really, it's uh, kind of the same thing. Um, the main guy, Pilu Azbek, uh, most people would know him from Game of Thrones. He plays like the pirate character who's like trying to win over Cersei near the end of the show. He he plays a great villain, and I couldn't wait to find out kind of what exactly he was. And uh, yeah, it's the first half and the setup are so fantastic. And like Todd said, that fourth wall break, especially the first one, comes at like it came at such a surprise because. It really came out of nowhere and it was really effective the way that they did it because it really like gets brutal after that. And I, I really enjoyed that. And I thought the movie would be really great from there because their choices and the way that they were setting up the story was great. But like you all said, uh, the movie really shits to bed in the second half. And unfortunately it just never recovers. And there are specific reasons why I didn't like it, but it would spoil the end. And I don't want to do that. Uh, I'm sure if you watch it, you could, kind of figure out what I would have liked to have seen just based off you know something that was missing dearly but again I don't want to spoil it uh glad I watched it you know I still thought it was enjoyable enough great performances it was aesthetically pleasing like the colors and the, the way things were shot and everything like that but overall that ending really killed the movie to me so it's too bad all right, my final one here is going to be Terror Trips. I know Joe watched this one. I don't know if Steve has yet, but uh, has a friend of the show, Damien Maffei, double, double thumbs down from Joe on the video there, and I wholeheartedly agree. This one is rough, man. I actually backed this one. I think I'm a producer on whatever it is. Go find me, whatever the fuck it is. Indiegogo, there you go. But um, I ended up getting props from the movie and everything. I ended up throwing them away. <laughs> so $100 down the train. But anyway... Um, a group of horror fans decide to create a company where they do horror location tours. So we're talking Don the Dead, shit like that. And then of all places, they decide to go to Poland to look at this um, infamous film that's supposed to be real or something shit like that. Uh, but when they get there, evil Russians are stealing people's body parts. And it is just dumb. We've seen all this stuff before. It's... Uh, nothing scary very poor acting except for damien damien's always good and everything but like it's just at one point one of the evil girls is like a karate expert for some reason starts beating people up um the russian dudes are all 
big and in black clothing and it's just like stereotypical and it's just bad on every level so terror trips man cool artwork though it's really cool artwork but other than that you can skip it god hearing both of you talk about it just really bumps me out because it's such a cool premise and it sounds like they really fucked the rest of the movie so it's too bad uh, my last one this week is one I watched over on Amazon Prime. It is a 2022 film called The Cursed. So in this one, it's about, uh, it's like in the early 1900s and people are like kind of just living and doing stuff. And this group of like these elders from a little town, uh, they want a territory that's being occupied by gypsies. And they're trying to figure out how they can get that territory back. So they decide basically just to kill them all and take the territory back. Uh, they think that's the best way that they can kind of gain that territory. And the gypsies, meanwhile, kind of saw it coming. <clears throat> so they like put a curse out on the land with these silver teeth that kind of resemble uh, a jaw. And this like main gypsy witch, as she's getting killed, it, like holds on to the box as she's getting buried alive. And her boyfriend or husband or whatever becomes like a, um, a scarecrow. They cut off his hands and feet and they prop him up like a scarecrow. And then, you know, the the people take the land and they, then the story takes place a little bit later where the gypsy curse starts happening. And what they did is they uh, got this monster to start attacking the town and getting revenge on the people who took that land um so basically it's a werewolf because they, they talk about it quite a bit that's what the teeth are uh this is probably one of my favorite takes on the werewolf genre in years I, I can't even remember a movie that i liked as much as this uh with the werewolf as a theme like maybe since like silver bullet so that's a long long time ago i can't think of anything that i really liked uh, late last. phases have you seen late phases no i haven't seen that one a blind guy and he has to fight off werewolves pretty good uh, well no i haven't seen that one um so this one it's got really haunted imagery because not only do you have the werewolves but you have the witch kind of haunting them and the scarecrow character kind of haunting them all at the same time so there's some really good like haunted imagery in the movie there are some really good jump scares uh i find jump scares can often be cheap but i feel that they're earned in this one like they're really done in a way that is surprising and actually really cool and there's really brutal gore. Like, they really go after it sometimes and have some brutal kills. And I really like that. Uh, the movie plays out a little bit like Sleepy Hollow, where there's a guy who's uh, kind of taking care of the town. And he looks at the dead bodies and tries to figure out what's going on and how they can break the curse. So if you like that kind of movie, that's definitely a big thing in this as well. Uh, my only issue is that I wish they developed some of the characters a little bit more particularly the elders I, I often got confused like okay who is this again like I don't there's so many characters in this town that they don't really spend time on that I didn't really know who was who other than the main like two or three characters that you see throughout the movie so that could have been a little bit better the CGI is spotty at times you know they're trying to do these big monsters and it wasn't really possible with practical effects so I kind of get it but at the same time I think they could have spent a little bit more time on the CGI and it does feel a little bit long, but not that much because there is such stuff going on throughout the whole film that made it interesting. Uh, this is right now in the near bottom of my top 10, but I really enjoyed this one. I can see why people wouldn't enjoy this one, though, because, you know, it's a period piece and it is a long movie. I think it's an hour 50 uh, and the CGI will throw some people off. But for me, I think the movie is brilliant and it's nice to see a fresh take on the werewolf genre. I won't say why it's a fresh take, 
but if you watch it, you'll understand. So that's uh, The Cursed over on uh, Amazon Prime. Cool. Yeah, I, ta- I talked about that one, I think, maybe a month or two ago on the show, too. And I agree. It is very, it is very good. Very interesting take on the werewolf genre. So I, I recommend that one as well. Awesome. Just good. just curious. Did you any of you guys watch Witchboard after we went to that? I did. did you play? <laughs> okay. yeah, I did. Actually, twice because I fell asleep. You half, twice? Well, one and a half. I, I fell asleep halfway through the first time. And I just decided to rewatch the whole thing from the beginning. Nice. So. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's okay. <laughs> yeah, throw, throw another watch out there real quick. Uh, we went to Ouija board museum in Salem and the tour guide guy was talking about this movie because they had a bunch of um, props and stuff from him and he fucking loved it clearly. So like it got in my mind, it was on Amazon Prime. So I watched it and yeah, it's uh, it's a fun one. It's definitely cheesy and it's over on Amazon Prime for free if you got Amazon Prime. So I think you could do worse than that, but um, I don't think I'm gonna watch part two and three. And I don't know about you guys, but yeah, Witchboard has had its appeal, especially since it was fresh in my mind from that guy. Yeah, my wife told me Witchboard 2 is actually better. So huh. maybe I'll hunt that one down. Uh, I, I thought it was okay. I mean, I thought the main villain looked a little goofy. And the medium, like the person that's like bringing the ghosts oh. into the world was way too goofy for me. Yeah. Like, I don't know, kind of a special character there. And I wish there were <laughs> like better kills. Uh, I don't know. I, I feel like it was lacking on the kills a little bit especially for something from the 80s so it was okay like i'm glad i watched it it's, it's something i was surprised i had never seen before you know it feels like something i should have watched by now but glad i got it off the list and uh yeah that, that museum is fucking awesome though if you can definitely make your way to salem i'd highly recommend it uh, i have one more if you guys don't oh, mind go for it. yeah just because uh i watched a lot and this one i do want to talk about so i also watched uh on vod another 2022 film called fall so this one, uh, two girls, uh, they're one like they're mountain climbing with one of the girls' like husbands, and there's an accident, and he unfortunately dies in the accident while they're mountain climbing. So a year later, uh, one of the friends goes to the girl whose husband died and decides it's a great idea that to conquer her fears and to kind of get over the whole experience that they should climb this super like high tower. It's one of the highest towers in the world. It's basically just this giant pole in the middle of the desert. And that will kind of help her let go of her fear of having lost her husband in a, you know, mountain climb accident, which I don't really get, but it is what it is. So these two girls, they go up this big pole and, you know, they make it all the way to the top. And of course something goes wrong and the ladder that brings you to the top breaks off in uh, you know an accident because it was kind of a rusty pole. And now they're stuck like hundreds of feet in the air with no way of communicating because their phones don't work and uh, it just becomes a way of how can they survive at the top of this pole and try to get, you know, information back down to the ground so that they can be rescued. Uh, This is one of those like single location survival films, which I've seen quite a bit of over the years. And I got to say, it's probably one of the better ones that I've seen for like, it's a really small section on the top of the pole and there's not really a lot of places to go. But for, for some reason, they managed to make the best use possible of that little part of uh, the poll to make a good story out of it. And I really enjoyed it. Uh, it is a little bit long at times because like all these single location uh, survival films, I mean, it is there's not much going on other than them trying to survive on this thing. And there's a pretty interesting twist as well that I, I actually really enjoyed and I was surprised by. So 
and also Jeffrey Dean Morgan is in it. Not not a ton. He plays the dad of one of the characters who's desperately trying to find her. Uh, he's not in it a lot, but he's fucking amazing when he is. I, I love that actor. So if you're gonna if you like this type of film, I, I would actually recommend Fall. I think it's one of the better uh, single location survival films that I've seen. So you could find that one right now on VOD. Very nice. Todd, I have a question. I forgot to ask you um, at the beginning of the show, but uh, I know you had like a brief interaction with my mom at, at the event. And I had, I thought maybe she had mentioned, I was like listening through the side of my ear because I had like a lot going on obviously, but I thought she had kind of mentioned like about like what was going on at the show with like your grandpa, maybe or something like that. So we, we had a couple interactions. Um, one at the movie night and then one i think she's at the signing yeah. i ran her ran into her twice and you can tell she like wants to say something to me about it <laughs> but i don't know she wants to like freak me out uh because she kind of looks past me like at something but no nah, your mom's fucking all your dad's awesome your mom's awesome mike's awesome but yeah we, we talked about you know about the energy and stuff like that and a little bit about her experience uh I can't nice. wait to have her on again. So amazing. yeah, we'll get her on very soon. Very, I was, I mean, we're past spooky season, but I don't think we can wait a whole year to yeah. bring her back. So we'll, we'll, we'll get, well, maybe uh, November, maybe we'll do like a spooky December with her or something like that. So I'll, I'll see what we can, uh, I'll see what I can get going. So Sweet. stay tuned folks. And uh, yeah, also uh, make sure you're following us on social medias. Cause We've been doing a couple of giveaways with uh, our armor. I got a couple of print, extra prints at Armory signs and stuff. So stay tuned, folks. We already had one winner, and I was supposed to do the other one today, but I forgot. So it will go out probably tomorrow. So stay stay tuned. Awesome. And that's tomorrow uh, when this episode released, or tomorrow three days in the past for the people who are listening. <laughs> three days in the past. However, I will keep it going Long. until Saturday. So as long as you listen to this episode within the first couple of days of release, you'll be able to get in on the giveaway as well over on our uh, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. So follow us there and you'll see it. All right. Awesome. Uh, now, before we get to trivia, uh, it's time. It's that time of the episode again. I know people were really excited last episode for this to come back, but here it is. Deadly Grounds Coffee. Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. There's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds Coffee is my guilty pleasure. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds Coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Oh, they're so disgusting. All right, get those trivia brains ready. The uh, current quarterly score is myself in the lead with seven, Joe in second place with five, Steve with four. Overall score for the year is myself leading 60 points, Joe in second place 53, Steve in 46. Still got a month and a half and some change there. So let's see what happens. Um, I'll go first, shake your guys' brains awake here. This one should be easy. So, what was Dracula asking about in the Monster Mash song? Ooh. Oh, Christ. Oh, my. Come on, boys. Good Halloween question. What was he oh, asking? Oh, no. About? Yeah, what he was asking about. Oh, man. He's trying to sing it. I'm trying to sing yeah, it. In yeah, my me head. too. I'm like playing <laughs> in my head like a recorder. But that, that's great for, uh, for a podcast. All, All right. right. 
I don't. Yeah, remember. I got Yeah, I don't remember either. Will it happen to the Transylvania twist? Ah, yeah, no. of course. Come on, guys. Classic. All right. All right. I got one here. I got a bunch from Kayla. Did you guys get yours from her? Yeah, yes. I got a whole list. Okay. Nice. All right, I got Cheaters. it. All right, my first question. Uh, thank you, Kayla, for the question. She sent like 10 pages of questions. So <laughs> I'll be, I feel like I'll be using a lot of hers going forward. Uh, all right, so uh, the archaeological site in the opening of The Exorcist is located Iraq. where? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Adam. I, I thought you were going for the thing for some reason, but <laughs> Iraq's good. <laughs> All right. Uh, mine also come from Kayla. She sent me a bunch of them, so I really appreciate it. Uh, in the Yamadiville Horror, what was the name of the little girl's red-eyed rodent-like friend? Mm. I have no idea. Oh, but neither D- you. Daisy. Jim. Yeah, no. <laughs> so uh, the answer was Jody. Jody. Ah, uh, yeah, that rings. That rings a bell. All right, this one's kind of a bullshit question, so I need I need IMDb to help me out in case you guys pull something out of your asses. Name one character from VHS ninety nine that isn't named Mabel the Skullbiter. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. Uh, I got the names over here. Steve. Steve. Let me see if there's a Steve. There's no Steve. God damn it. Like any, like name a character in gen, like any character. Name a character. I mean, you can't throw a fucking Bobby. In. Well, I, I, I can name can. the fucking directors, but I can't like name a character in the movie. Name any character from this mm. movie that's not Skullbiter, because she's my favorite. Yeah, she was awesome. There's no Steve. I'm looking again. <laughs> yeah, no, just... There's a guy named yeah. Boner, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Jan. Jan. Uh, that's incorrect. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, literally, we literally like thirty-five to choose from. <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't have got any either because that it's kind of forgettable with those characters. Plus, we watched it like two weeks ago at this yeah. point. So, <laughs> yeah. okay, tagline. Oh. If this movie doesn't make your skin crawl, it's on too tight. Oh. Um. Oh man. Oh boy. Uh, it's uh, the fly s- 70s. No, that's not the title. This is annoying. Exorcist uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, incorrect. I'm not all right, pass. All right, 1974's Black Christmas. A terrible tagline for that. Yeah, seriously, that doesn't <laughs> make any fucking sense. <laughs> all right. What finally prompted Larry Talbot to return home to Talbot Castle after a long absence in The Wolfman? Uh, um, it was a business venture. No. Fuck. That guy's a fucking closet rapist, dude. You guys <laughs> watched the movie recently? No. no. Fucking sexual predator, straight up. He's like looking at the girl with like a telescope and her bedroom. It's weird. Mm. You venture a guess, uh, Joe? Or? No, I don't. No, no. It, it was because his older brother had died. Ah. Okay. Last one. In the original Dawn of the Dead, Ooh. 
what did another cop say that Willie had done? What did a, another cop say? Oh, oh my God. That Willie had done in the oh, opening I could, scene. I, I, I could picture the fucking... <laughs> oh my god i remember the scene yeah. yeah i mean we all know he blew his the guy's head off but that's not what i'm talking about they say a specific thing i got nothing all right i'll give you a hint willie's gone crazy but it's no. not disappointed give up yeah i don't remember willie's gone ape shit man <laughs> I even had that in my brain and I Come didn't on. say it. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm just... struggling at oh, night. Yeah. Week off is what it does. Yeah. Right. All right. What is Nancy's address in the original Nightmare on Elm Street? 38. Incorrect. Elm Street? That's correct, but uh, uh. we need we need the number the the, the number as well. Um, uh, I I'll try one more after. All right, go for it. I don't have any. Let's get guess. Fourteen oh eight. You're close, but no. Uh, I, I, have, I, I have it on an ornament, and I'm trying to remember what. It, <laughs> so if you'd asked me like two weeks from now when I have my Christmas tree up, I would know. Uh, correct answer is fourteen twenty eight Street. Damn it. <laughs> Very yeah. close, Steve. Very close. Thank you. Thank you, Katie, for the ornament. It <laughs> almost got me there. <laughs> was, uh, yeah, when I, I got that one, that uh, her box that she used to have, her mystery box. Oh, sweet. What it was called. But, but good times. All right. I got that well, one, too, actually. Wasn't that like Hangman or something? I forget. I, I don't remember. Uh, all right. So according to Kayla... So I can't verify it. According to Kayla. <laughs> or wh- where, wrong. wherever she got it uh, online. <laughs> what movie has Tom Savini reportedly cited as his greatest work? Mm, Ooh. Greatest work. Let's go Maniac. Wrong. That, that is an amazing work, though. It's fucking dope. Yeah. His, his kill, like the, when he dies in Maniac. Is yeah, dude. Fucking amazing. <laughs> it better not be fucking Knight Riders because he's very strange in that one. Are we talking like his directorial or makeup work? It's not directorial. He only directed two films, so it's... Uh, that's uh, true. It, yeah. <laughs> no, it's, and it's, he doesn't uh, really like Night of Living Dead, huh? No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. And the other one yeah. was what? Uh, the Children of the Living Dead? Is that the other thing he directed? I don't think he directed that one. I think that oh. was a female who directed that one. I know he starred in that one. Yeah. Right. I don't know. I got a follow-up guess if you're not available. Just throw anything out. That Friday, you Friday the 13th. No. Day of the Dead. Wrong. Fuck you want more, one more guess, Joe? Sure. Dawn of the Dead. All right. Uh, no. <laughs> I wish, but it's Creep actually show. The Prowler. The Prowler. Oh. Yep. Okay. Well, then. I don't agree. <laughs> that one's boring. Well, sometimes when it's oh. yourself, you get like... Tom, Tom, Tom. He's a New York Cripper. <laughs> did he do New York Cripper? Because that's a good one. He did. Yeah. Oh. All right. Stupid... Tonight, uh, one point for everybody. It was me. Brings me up to eight. Joe five, Steve four. We all suck tonight. Please forgive us. <laughs> Sorry. If this is your first time listening. We usually do a lot better. <laughs> so forgive us. VHS ninety nine. Yes. You want me to do this very brief synopsis and you can yeah, take over. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> VHS ninety nine currently on Shutter. VHS goes to hell. Um, a teenager's home video leads to a series of horrifying revelations. 
That's it. I'm set very brief. Yeah, I know. But like, uh, I thought there'd be at least a couple lines in there. Jeez. No, that's it. Uh, all right. So VHS, of course, um, part of the uh, famous series. I think there's what five or six of these, right? At this point, Sorry, and um, so it's an anthology series. We're going to talk about the five different stories that they have in the movie. Uh, we're going to talk about separately as kind of mini reviews for each one because they are very distinct from each other. And in this one, there isn't really a wraparound. So we don't have to talk about the awful wraparound that they decide to put on it like they did in 94. So the first one, it's called Shredding. And uh, this one is a, a bunch of teens. Uh, they, they go into this, looks like an abandoned nightclub. And they bring one of their guys there. And it turns out that they're kind of hazing him. And they're, they set up like a uh, play space, like a, so they can play like their band and their group stuff in the basement of this abandoned place. And as they start playing, these zombie type characters start coming up and killing everybody. I'm not exactly sure why. I don't remember what the connection was between the two, but uh, there's also I, a lot. I can of, help you with that. I was going to say there's a lot of fucked up, like uh, CKY type videos being interchanged as if the VHS tape had recorded over um, like people doing like pranks and stunts and stuff like that. So there's a lot of that as well. But that's basically the gist of that first story. Yeah, so basically the there was an all-female punk band that uh, performed at this music venue, um, and there was a terrible electrical fire, and it killed um, the female band in the electrical fire. So then when they went, they come back to life and wreak havoc, essentially. So that's, you know, why they, they're involved. Um, for me, I thought this one had a re- was a really cool idea but really lacked in the execution. Uh, Yeah, I was very disappointed in this one. Not a great start for me. My biggest issue was the fucking VHS tracking in this one was way overdone, like massively overdone. Like I understand like, yeah, it's like fun once in a while, but they used it way too much in this that it just became more of a distraction than anything that I found myself being like massively annoyed um, throughout it. So yeah, overall, wasn't a fan of this one. Yeah, this one right off the bat is my weakest of the of the of the movie, um, solely because I hated the characters. Man, I hate that mentality of like let's be uh, edgy and scream at people and video record the reactions. I mean, it started in the '90s, right, with Jackass and CKY and all that. Is that CKY? Whatever. Yeah. Um, and then now it's you know, uh, transform into YouTube things like that. But I absolutely hated the cast of characters. The one redeeming guy that they're kind of pranking was okay, um, but I, it was just not good. I did like some of the gore. Um, that was really well done. And of course the setting and like the whole thing of like, yeah, these girls were burned on stage and uh, they were trampled to death by their fans. That's a cool concept, but overall I thought it was just not that good. So easily the weakest of, of the, the movie for me. Um, I didn't like, love it either. I don't think it was the weakest for me personally. Uh, well, I'll save that for a little bit later because I did think the zombies were really cool and the killing at the end of this segment I thought was really cool. I do agree with Joe though. The fucked up VHS like effects and tracking and like being recorded over something else was just way, way too much. It was so much that it was hard to like f- kind of follow what was going on on screen because it was just constantly blurry and not to mention there it's like it was filmed you know like with a cam so it's already super shaky like just 
being a found footage type story. So to have all the like VHS effects added to it, it's just a complete mess. It was like I would have thrown away that tape if I was watching this as you know my own tape is just really really bad. But you know that last three minutes or four minutes or whatever when the zombies started attacking, I think brought it over to my second least favorite as opposed to my least favorite because I did think they were really cool. The makeup effects as quickly as we saw them were actually really cool. And I did appreciate it for that alone, I guess, but uh, still not, not a good one. Not one that I really enjoyed. Okay. Um, yeah. I, like I said, the, the gore definitely brings us up. I do agree with you guys on that. Um, so I'll go, I'm going to go with six on this one. Okay. I'm gonna leave my my ratings at, out of a five on Letterbox is how I have it on my review here. Um, I'm sticking with the one point five out of five. I thought it was weak because, like I said, I just hated the characters. Gonna get behind them. And I gave it a five out of ten. Um, it, it was the, the end was interesting enough for me to like somewhat enjoy it, but the rest of it was just not all that good. Um, which brings us to our second segment, suicide bid. So this one, a group of girls uh, bring a uh, new pledge to their uh, sorority house into a mausoleum to kind of do a, a challenge that she needs to do to, so she could get into the uh, sorority house. And the challenge is that she has to be buried alive as uh, there's a legend that some girl had been buried alive there in the past and all this other stuff. So they put body her- Body was never found. Yeah, body was never found. And, you know, like typical- kind of legends like that so they actually bury her in a coffin uh in a cemetery and put dirt on the coffin and everything and then a bunch of other crazy shit that i was like okay well that's it's a bit much there girls uh and yeah that's basically the gist of it is what happens inside the confines of that coffin kind of like the movie buried with uh, ryan reynolds but in a much shorter segment so uh, joe what do you think of this one yeah, I actually really like this one. I thought it was really effective. Um, I just love like confined space stuff like that. Like, like you said, Ryan Reynolds buried and stuff like that. Um, it just, it's per this was like perfect for a short. Like, you know, it it does just enough in the right amount of time. I really loved the ghost or whatever the hell you want to call it that kind of takes over there. Um, I love that they used a glass. Um, you know see through there for the coffin it just works so well when you see this creature trying to get into the coffin and stuff it it, it allows for some really creepy moments and stuff like that so yeah i mean i i thought this was definitely one of the better ones uh of the entire uh anthology yeah i totally agree atmosphere was cool i'd really like those small little areas that people get stuck in as well the premise is awesome i mean sorority getting this girl in here and hey you have to get in a freaking coffin screw that like that's not going to end terribly and the monster cool was at the end um you, the acting was good i mean it's hard like if you're going to be by yourself you better carry the movie or carry the segment she absolutely did um the only problem i really have with it is at the end there it's like an exposition dump where she's like yeah me and the demon we made a pact that if you blah 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 blah, blah, blah. i'm like holy shit we didn't need to know all that we know that you guys had something worked out and you guys are gonna you know flip it on them but uh, other than that, that's just a nitpick. I Like you said, I love the glass scene because the whole time I was waiting, I was like, all right, something's got to put their face against this. Let's do it. And then finally it happened. It was it was worth it. Um, the spider that they put in there, that's fucked up. It's like really gooey when she squishes it. So that's effective. And um, overall, overall, pretty damn solid. 
Um, so this was actually my favorite of the segments of VHS 99. Uh, the mausoleum was super creepy. I liked seeing that kind of at night and the cemetery, you know, it's a creepy scene. I also liked the crucifix like window that it had on the coffin, but then they like bury the coffin, not, not fully, you know, they're not like monsters or anything. They're not burying her to kill her. They're burying her to scare her. So I was like, if they're just going to cover the window, what's the point of the window? <laughs> it just didn't make sense to me. Uh, but of course, I knew it would come to play at some point or something, right? Uh, I thought the tarantula box, so it was like multiple tarantulas in a box that they gave her inside the coffin was a bit much. Like that would fucking just absolutely kill someone, I think, just out of fear, especially if you have arachnophobia and things like that. So I thought that was maybe a little too far, but damn, it was gross when she squishes that tarantula against the side there. And she managed to kill them all, which is pretty impressive. Uh, I I love the zombie as well, the creature that come, tries to get into the coffin and eventually does make it into the coffin. Super, super creepy. It it reminded me a little bit of um, Drag Me to Hell with that like witch girl that when she like Back. accidentally falls in, into the you know grave with her and stuff like that, <laughs> and she's just like all gross and shit. I thought that was awesome. I love how the girls just fucking peace out <laughs> when the the like, cops are coming and only go there like the next morning. As if she wasn't fucking dead by then. Uh, absolutely terrible girl. So they're all refreshed and they're making yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, they went to chill. They got their drinks, coffees. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, so that that was crazy. I thought maybe that was a little uh, a little too much, but overall, I really fucking loved the story. I thought it was compelling. It went by super quick. I almost wish it was a little bit longer because I feel like they rushed through a lot of the things like that. And yeah, absolutely amazing. So that's a suicide bid. So Joe, what'd you give it? Yeah, love this one. Uh, I'm going to give it an eight and a half. Yeah, I thought it was great. I don't really have any complaints. All right, I'm a three and a half out of five on there. So right around where you're at. Same thing for me, eight and a half out of 10. I really enjoyed this one. It was a really good uh, segment. And to me, it was my favorite. So I'm curious what you guys' favorite is. So the next one is called Ozzy's Dungeon. And this one was directed by Flying Lotus. If you don't know who that is, he directed Kuso, which is infamous on this podcast for being, for me personally, the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. Uh, But anyway, so this one is about one of those 90s like competition shows, kind of like what they used to show on Nickelodeon, uh, where a bunch of kids have some challenges and stuff. And the host is Stephen Ogg, which I fucking love. Uh, Most people would know him as Trevor from Grand Theft Auto V. He's also in like Westworld and The Walking Dead and a bunch of other shows. So definitely a well-known actor there. So that was cool to see. Uh, And then one of the kids who's in the competition gets uh, her leg broken. And the story takes place later where the mom wants to get revenge on the host for getting her kid essentially leg broken. So she like captures him and tortures him by putting him through a competition but instead of being just a regular kind of kids competition it's a really brutal like trek through glass and shit and puke and all that kind of stuff all the stuff i would expect that from flying lotus because he loves to do that crazy shit stuff so it's basically a torture segment and yeah so joe what do you think uh i enjoyed it more than kuso i'll tell you that much uh <laughs> You know, I really, so I think nostalgia played a big part of this one for me because like, I loved those Nickelodeon shows. This was like basically Legends of the Hidden Temple 
meets guts meets you know family double dare like all mixed into one game show so i thought that was like super fun i loved watching that in the beginning um and then like the middle part it you know it kind of gets weird and it, it just, I don't know, it kind of, like, lost me there. But then the ending, I thought was fucking great. Like, I don't know why. Like, I thought the ending was was really good. Um, So I really liked the beginning, and I really liked the end, but the whole middle lost me. So I'm kind of, like, in the uh, in between on this one. Yeah, 100% there with you. Stephen Hogg is great. He's always got a really good energy to him. Um, But, yeah, starts off great, ends on, like, a strange, awesome note. Um, but that metal stuff is fucking weird, man. Like the mom at one point is like, I'm going to let my boobies out, but it's not in a good way. It's in a weird way. It's like no way. It doesn't make any sense to the story. You know what I mean? She just wants to take a shirt off, like whatever. Um, why is she having revenge on this guy? She says, because like she was supposed to be, the daughter was supposed to be like their ticket out, I guess, of like hardship. And she ended up breaking her leg and it's his fault. Like, okay, whatever. Um, because like the the competition is unwinnable so he you know she makes him play his own game but uh yeah so all that middle shit really didn't make sense to me and is really boring but the beginning was cool the concept's awesome and the ending is very weird so i like that uh i'm actually differing on this one so for once we're not agreeing on this one i fucking hated this one uh i love Stephen Ogg. i think he's an amazing actor but this was just way too randomly gross for no reason to me um, I did like the early like competition stuff. Now I never really watched shows like that. I didn't. I didn't have Nickelodeon gr- growing up, but I was aware that these shows were like out there. You know, I'd seen like clips of them and stuff, so I didn't have nostalgia for that. But it was cool to see kind of that part part of it. But like you guys said, that whole middle part where the woman is you know torturing Stephen Ogg's character it was just so weird and pointless and gross for no reason. And, it's really typical Flying Lotus stuff, and I really don't like his stuff. So I guess that's part of the reason why this didn't like do anything for me. And I was just confused by the end. I was just like, what the fuck is going on? Just end the shit already. And yeah, I I didn't like it. You know, if, if this had another actor at, as the host, it would probably be even lower score. But because I like that guy so much in everything he does, uh, it probably got a lot, little bit of a higher score than it would have otherwise because... I did not enjoy the segment at all. All right. I, I'm actually going to change my score here from, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm knocking my first, the first segment down to a five. I had originally given it a six, I think, but it's, it's a five. Um, Cause it's probably the weakest one. Uh, this, yeah, this one, I, I don't know. Like I, I had moments of definitely enjoyment in this one. So I, I'm going to give it a six. Yeah. It's about a two and a half out of five for me um, for the strong beginning and end, but that middle just like, it was like chore to get through. And uh, yeah, just leave it at that. And I give it a four out of 10. Um, I like Stephen Ogg. I like the first like five minutes seeing the competition and everything like that. But there, that was basically the non-horror part of it is what I like the most in a horror movie. That's not what you want. Like, I really like the non-horror stuff, the horror stuff. Oof, that was shit. So uh, no, four out of 10. Did not like this one at all. Um, next one is Gawker's. So this is basically, if you've seen American Pie, it's a group of friends who set up a, who like convince kind of this loser guy to set up a webcam in their front neighbor's house who they're really attracted to so that they can catch her kind of changing and seeing her naked. So it's basically like the Shannon Elizabeth scene from American Pie, which by watching this, you realize just how fucking gross and invasive it is. 
but it was played for comedy in American Pie and played, you know, differently in this. Uh, there's not much else to the story than that, other than these guys trying to do that. But of course, you know, the girl is not what she seems and uh, turns out to be kind of a Medusa type character. So, Joe, what do you think of this one? I thought this one was great overall. Um, I don't think we've ever really seen anything with Medusa like horror wise. So I thought that was like super unique and I, I really dug it now. Could the Medusa have looked better? Yeah, probably. Um, you know, but it also, this also is like a low budget indie horror movie. So I was able to go with it. Um, you know, I mean, obviously like this one plays on young men's fantasies and whatnot. You know, I think all of us, kind of like peeked at the girl next door, maybe from our windows here and there. So like, I think, you know, that uh, was just like super fun, like definitely had that American pie type vibe. So I thought that was like super fun um, throughout. And then, yeah, then you get to this Medusa thing at the end. And I, I thought that was super cool. So yeah, overall, one of my favorites. Yeah, um, I think this one captured the 90s probably the best of all because it was with a group of, you know, four or five young 90s boys. And uh, but I didn't take a lot of notes and I don't remember a lot of it. I, I wrote down cool premise, but bad CGI. So I think the her her look was a little off. Um, I just I don't know, I guess forgettable then. That's the bad thing. But I mean, the girl is good looking. The actors were well acted and it captured the 90s pretty well. So leave it at that. Yeah, they definitely do a good job of making you hate the guys in the story because on top of doing, you know, trying to get the webcam into the girl's room, uh, you know, without her knowing, they're also trying to get upskirt shots with uh, their, their like cameras early on in the film because it starts off them trying to just be, you know, kind of stupid teens and trying to you know get shots and like it's just gross and i didn't like that at all but that's good because you don't want to root for the characters that's kind of the whole point of it and you could tell how bad the kind of geek feels about it uh, near the end uh one scene that really made me laugh and i don't know why so they keep like staring at the front neighbor from their room and at one point she gets like a delivery from this young guy and the delivery man like gives her the package and then she like talks to her or like she puts her hand on his shoulder or whatever it is and then as he's walking back to his truck when she can't see, he starts doing this fucking super like geeky dance. And I, I laugh so hard. I don't know why that moment really got me. But it's like, you know, it's such an easy win for guys. You know, just like the smallest gesture from a hot girl. And I don't know, I, for some reason, it reminded me of like me in the 90s. Not, not the gross part, but, the you know, just, you know, getting any kind of attention from someone you think is really attractive was always like a good moment and a dance worthy moment. Uh, the Medusa thing was really cool. I agree. The CGI, of course, could have been better. We could chalk it up to it's a 90s film, right? <laughs> Even though it's not, but yes, it is at the same time. Um, it's cool just to see a Medusa. Like like Joe said, we don't see a Medusa a lot. I've seen a couple like low-budget Tubi films with Medusa, but it's not someone we see often in the mainstream. So that was surprising. I, I, I had a feeling it would kind of go like the first ever uh, VHS segment. You know, the one, the... Uh, the like me one with um i forget her name but uh yeah, yeah. just hannah fearman yeah that's right thank you <laughs> with hannah fearman with when she's like kind of a bat vampire type character so it's cool that they did something different with this and i like the kills how they like turn into stone and then kind of like blow off and stuff like that so i really enjoyed this this is a definitely a good segment and i enjoyed it. this is the wraparound too right because don't they interrupt yes. him the it is. kid yeah playing with this yeah 
action figures. Yeah, yeah, because the movie opens with them playing like the kids playing with his GI uh, GI Joe figures. Yeah. yeah, and it's super fucking random. And then yeah, it finally comes in. So quote unquote, I guess the wrap around, but it never mm. you know wraps sure around any of the other stories. But yeah, so overall, I like this one. Uh, I'm gonna give it an eight. All right, I'm gonna three and a half out of five. I'll be that guy. Stick with the out of five score tonight and be weird. But yeah, three and a half out of five because it remind me of the 80, uh, 90s a lot of hanging out with your friends, uh, just being stupid, you know, not obviously looking up girls' skirts and stuff, but you know, just bullshitting. Uh, I give it a seven out of 10. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, it wasn't the best thing ever, but it was still an enjoyable uh, story overall. Um, I don't really remember the last one all that much. I remember it's the guy from Deadstream. Any of you remember it? Like, to hell and back. Mm hmm. Yeah, so the Hell and Back basically is these um, these guys are doing a documentary, right, about like a kind of like a satanic kind of cult thingy, and they're watching some people do a spell, and unfortunately they're trying to bring back a demon into like the mortal realm or whatever, and they have a girl on the table, the spell goes bad, and instead of bringing the demon to Earth, the two documentary filmmakers get sucked to like the hellscape portal kind of thingy, and then they're stuck on that land. And their plan is like, hey, they're still doing the um, the spell or whatever you want to call it to get the demon into Earth. Let's go run and find the demon, and then hopefully we can get sucked back to Earth when they when they summon the demon. And that's when we follow them running around. Overall, this is gonna be my favorite one of the of the show. Um, I think Joseph Winter's fucking like a really good director, man. Like I can't wait to see what he does. Um, his wife too plays Mabel, the skull biter, uh, and then she's in Deadstream as well. And I just thought it was clever, man. Like you, you don't really see like uh, usually when something goes wrong and like a spell kind of thing, the demon comes and murders everybody. You don't really see someone get sucked into hell, which is what happened to them. And I enjoy them running around and trying to get stuff done. Um, if you didn't like Deadstream, I don't think you'll like this one because it's kind of like the same comedy that he threw in there. Um, but yeah, I, I really dug this one. I love this one. I love this one too. Um, and I was not like huge on Deadstream, but for me, this one just worked like in every way. I thought the mixture of the comedy with the horror and stuff, I loved everything in the, uh, you know, hell scape, whatever you want to call it. Loved all the demons and creatures that were down there. They were also cool looking and really awesome. Like for um, low budget practical effects. I thought everything looked great. I loved the Mabel character. Like you're kind of rooting for her, even though you kind of shouldn't be the whole time. So yeah, this one is easily one of my favorites. Uh, between this one and uh, the, what was it Night Bid? Is that is that what that other one was called? Suicide Bid. Suicide Bid. Suicide bid. Those were easily my two favorites uh, of the friend, and it's very close between the two, but um, both really fun. But yeah, this one I loved. And I'm in the same boat. It was really close between this one and Suicide Bid as my favorite one. Um, that Deadstream director is really fantastic. Uh, you know, that's he's two for two as far as I'm concerned uh, this year with this segment and Deadstream. Um, you know, I liked the basement ritual. It was a kind of a cool scene and it was a normal basement, which made me believe it more. Like it wasn't like a creepy like dungeon that they had built in their basement. It was just like basically you know your grandma's basement <laughs> and they were just doing it there so i thought that was actually really clever the demon shots are super cool there are a ton of characters like for a short uh they introduce a lot of different characters which is kind of like deadstream um there's a surprising amount of different types of characters in that movie as well so you could definitely see the his influence on stuff like that a good amount of blood and gore and yeah his wife uh, mabel just she's fantastic like she was great in deadstream as well so 
can't say good enough things about both them. Uh, the only thing I would give this, the reason I think I like the other one a little bit more than this one is I found the story once they're in the hellscape to be a little bit muddled. Like it's not super clear what's going on or what the history of all that is. So I maybe wish they'd expanded on it a bit more, but that's more of a problem of it being too short essentially because it's a short film rather than a fully like realized story. But I enjoyed the hell out of it. So great job. Yeah, I can totally see this as a feature. I, I was just going to say that, yeah. I think yeah. this is the one out of any of the stories that would work best as a, as a full-length feature. Because you could do so much in that world. Um, and I, I would I would watch a whole movie down in that world. It's very like um, Dungeons and Dragons sort of like fantasy style going on down there. So it was really cool. Yeah. It, kind of, it kind of reminded me of Mortal Kombat, the like <laughs> the 94 movie yeah. when they go to, uh, <laughs> to Outworld. It's like, yeah, it's really cool and just see like a hellscape and how the characters have to survive on their terms, which is, we don't see that a lot, surprisingly, right? So, uh, or it was a highway to hell that I watched, I talked mm-hmm. about earlier this year. It was kind of I almost, the same I thing. almost watched that the other day too. I, you, you, got, you gotta check it out. It's, I know. it's a cool one. Yeah. I mean, not enough hellscapes in, in horror movies. We need more of that. No. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Actually, so yeah, yeah, I'm, stay I, tuned is kind of oh, like that, that you talked about before. Yeah, it is. Uh, stay tuned is about him going into different hellscapes. Now, some of them are less, hellish than others but uh, yeah so it's a good one as well so yeah they should they should definitely bring back and i hope he does do this as a full-length feature i think he's got the talent for it and it'd be mm-hmm. freaking awesome yeah are they supposed to be remaking stay tuned like speaking of that movie uh, I, I heard that but i don't know like it's mm-hmm. it's one that should be remade the fucking concept is brilliant i'm surprised it is brilliant i remade yeah. it by this point but yeah all right yeah so definitely one of my favorites i give it the same as the suicide bid uh at an eight and a half i'm gonna four and a half out of five or nine out of ten so easily my favorite one and i guess we'll break them down after steve goes and i'm at an eight out of ten i really enjoyed this one it's, it's a good one so yeah. all right where do you uh where do you rank the the five uh features followed by your total overall score for it Joseph. Right. Oh, am I so going worst to best? Yeah. All right. Yeah. So going from uh, worst to best for the VHS uh, series, uh, starting with my worst, I'm going with Shredding, uh, followed by Ozzy's Dungeon, and then uh, Gawker's To Hell and Back and suicide bid honestly though to hell and back and suicide bid could flip one way or the other they're that close to me uh as a whole the movie in a whole as a whole uh, i give it a seven and a half out of ten i think it's one of the best vhs movies we've had uh in a long time it's you know far and away better than 94 was and uh better than uh viral which were the last two i believe we had so definitely the best probably since I can't remember VHS three that much, but I feel like it's probably the best since part two. Um, so yeah, uh, I really enjoyed this one. Uh, you know, definitely has a couple of weak ones, but for the most part, I think all five of them are, are very watchable. So seven and a half out of 10 for me. And I am 100% where Joe rated his, however, Helen back and suicide bed, suicide bed, bid being second place to Helen backs first are uh, a little bit further apart. So Helen back is like a, 
if we wanted to put on a grading scale, an A plus and suicide would be A minus. So a little bit far further apart on that. As far as the whole movie, I'm going out there again, seven and a half out of ten or a three and a half out of five. I don't honestly remember VHS ninety four at all, except I remember there's like a killer robot. Um, but other than that, I don't remember anything. And then VHS one and two, don't remember anything. And then I don't think I've seen viral. So yeah, maybe I should check those out again. But yeah, this is a good watch. Yeah, I'm close to both of you. Um, I'm exactly like Joe, except I switched my bottom two. I preferred, um, um, was it shredding like a tiny bit more than I did Ozzy's Dungeon. So for me, it would be uh, Ozzy's Dungeon at the bottom, then shredding, then Gawker's, then to hell and back, and then finally Suicide Bid, which was my favorite one. Uh, overall, I also gave it a 7.5 out of 10. I was surprised. This was really good. I, you know, when it first got announced, I was like, oh no, because 94 was just not good. Uh, there were like one or two segments I thought were okay, but overall that movie just disappointed me. So this is a return to form. And if they keep bringing out movies like this in the VHS series, I think there's a uh, really good things that can happen. And I think the key is to bring in, you know, good directors, you know, just uh, do something really interesting with it. Now, the next one I think is VHS 86 or 87 or something like that. They already announced that it's going to be, take place in the 80s. So I, I like this like vibe of picking like different years so they can kind of mimic uh, the things of that year. And it gives people kind of a direction to go in. Now, something that they did and we talked about in Shredding is to really give it that old VHS style. Uh, that's played out to me at this point. I just keep it within that era. And that's fine. You don't need to play all the like gimmicks to make it look like it's something from that era. So hopefully they stay away from that and go more into what the, you know, the two segments we like, Suicide Bid and Hell and Back, just have really cool stories set in that time frame. And I'll be really happy with that. So I think it's a great one. Honestly, I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah. No Jinko jeans though. Kind of a letdown. That's true. <laughs> or Limp Biscuit or anything like that. But mm. oh well. <laughs> <laughs> a lot more to explore in the 90s all right everyone that is it for our episode of vhs 99 thank you so much for listening next week we will be reviewing nightmare on elm street part six freddy's dead or is he we'll find out i apologize in advance <laughs> <laughs> we'll find out ladies and gentlemen so get those 3d glasses 3d glasses ready for what was supposed to be freddy's final movie ever uh don't forget to follow us on social media facebook twitter instagram the horror squad podcast if you want to send us an email the horror squad podcast at gmail.com and that's i think about it so we'll see you guys next week for freddy's dead bye, bye. see ya Have you ever heard of the legend of Guillotine?
Guilty was a pretty young freshman who went here to TCU maybe 20 years ago. She wanted to join a sorority. Our sorority. Just like you. And she was desperate and alone. Just like you. <laughs> and the girls took her back here and into the graveyard. And they told her that in order to be a part of their sorority, she had to spend the night buried in a coffin. Only they didn't just leave her there for a night. They left her there for an entire week. And when they finally dug her up, there was no one in it. <laughs> what happened to her? No one knows. Some say she just crawled right through into the underworld. And if you listen closely, sometimes you can hear a knocking sound. It's guilty. <laughs> Desperate and alone. Looking for someone awake who she can take back into the underworld to play with. Drink up.